We acknowledge and respect the first humans of the unceded land we call San Francisco, the Ramaito Shaloni. We condemn the genocide of these and other tribes across the Western Hemisphere. We honor their legacy and history, and we support rematriation and sovereignty efforts. Hi everyone, welcome to Storied San Francisco. I'm Jeff Hunt, and I'll be your host. This is episode 14 of our fifth season, and it's all about a cool little spot called Mission Bowling Club. Opened in 2012, this six-lane bowling alley offers food, drinks, special event spaces for gatherings of all kinds, art, and community. I sat down with Molly Bradshaw, who opened NBC with a friend a little more than 10 years ago. In part one, we get to know Molly, who made her way from the Mendocino coast to suburban Sacramento and eventually the Bay Area, where many of her ancestors are from. Here's Molly. I am a native Californian. Okay. I was born in Ukiah, which is up north. Oh, the poppy. I just got it recently. It's gorgeous. Ukiah. Yes. Uh, I know I know a little bit of Ukiah. Mm-hmm. That, that was the closest hospital. Right. So we, uh, my family moved to uh, Mendocino County in a town called Little River. So, um, Wait, so- do you know the Andiron? Seaside and in and cabins, the and it's in Little River. Yeah, technically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I know, I um, they're all places that I have traveled through. But I was a small child when we left. Okay. But I definitely know a lot of the geography. Yes. And you know, it's, it's a beautiful place. I love it up there. Yeah, I feel like it was a magical. A gift that my parents gave me to be born and raised in a rural environment where right. you could just be, as my mom put it, feral children <laughs> right. and just be really wild and just run yeah. around. Um, so we moved from Little River to Sacramento area. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, when you were how old? Uh, seven. Oh, okay. Yeah. So maybe you barely started school? Yeah, or? Second grade. Okay. Yeah. Um, then... Sacramento, Citrus Heights, a suburb of Sacramento. Fun fact, my dog is from Citrus Heights. Oh, it's, you know, (laughs) a fun suburb, you know, in some ways. You get to get a lot of um, opportunities to go to the mountains, the river. Mm -hmm. Um, Sacramento is, I think, a beautiful downtown with all its trees. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, you know, you got to kind of be a little rambunctious and you know you could make mistakes and not get the book thrown at you okay. in some ways you can be a rebellious teenager and by you do you mean you uh, yes <laughs> <laughs> i have been uh my my high school times were a lot of going into parks or places that you weren't supposed to be just to hang mm-hmm. out just hang out and be with your friends. Be kids. Be yeah. te- teenagers. Be teenagers. Sit yeah. on the rooftops of places that you weren't supposed to. Oh, God. Yeah. I miss that. Yeah. One of the last places I did that, I used to live um, 
a, a building that sadly just burned. Oh. But it's next to the beanbag at Hayes and Divisadero. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we were on, I believe, the second or third floor, whatever it was. We had a, a window that uh -huh. I'm sure was once the side of our building. Oh. But it opened onto the roof of the beanbag. Oh. And one of my roommates worked at the beanbag, and she's like, no, I talked to the owner. It's totally cool. So we just set up chairs and yeah. stuff. I guess that was kind of legal or... Sanction. With it was sanctioned. permission of the owner. Correct. Yeah, so. but it was a rooftop hang, and it was beautiful. Yeah. It was fun. And mm -hmm. So what kind of, let's just, let's skip to teenage years. Like, yeah. what kind of things were you into besides hanging out where maybe you weren't supposed to? Yeah, right. Um, a lot of it was um, punk rock shows. Oh, yeah. Definitely enjoyed um, ind independent music. Uh, the scene in Sacramento was really fun. Back then, it was definitely do-it-yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ca uh, Capital Garage. Was yeah. that a place? Yeah. We were hung out at this place called, um, like, D Street Studios. Okay. And a lot of, you know, there was, like, a ska, the sharps, and then also mm. a lot of um, uh, just punk rock music splashes of funk and mm -hmm. just experimental stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, just people being wild yeah yeah it was fun teenagers and young Teenage, young yeah. people mm -hmm. um were you into a band called creeper lagoon does that make I any know. sense yeah i know yeah. Lagoon. i don't know them but i know the band uh, yeah a lot of you know lookout records oh, going yeah. to gilman street yes. on the weekends to yes. see bands um you know it, cattle club there's just like that history of, well that's mm -hmm. actually that mm -hmm. makes me wonder um so you started up north, you're seven, you moved to a Sacramento area. Mm -hmm. Do you remember, and when was it, mm -hmm. like, some of your first trips to San Francisco? This is, this is a podcast about San Francisco, so we, we'll have to talk about that a little bit. Well, um, my trips to the Bay Area have been all my life. Yeah. My um, grandparents, my, my grandfather, my great-grandmother, um, my grandparents um, came from the southern portion of Texas oh. and when the there was a lot of migrant work for black people during the war mm -hmm. and the shipbuilding yards in mm -hmm. Richmond California mm -hmm. and my great-grandfather was a steward for the railroad oh wow a baker actually okay. you know did that and then my great-grandmother they had a house 1709 Woolsey Street in South Berkeley no way. and that's where we were we came every you know since I was born yeah so amazing. Berkeley is a place that I really know really well mm -hmm. my my grandparents um, lived in East Oakland near okay. the East Mount Mall and so between Berkeley and East Oakland that's where we spent every summer um, Nice. holidays and so I really actually know the East Bay really well so Gilman Street wasn't anything it was new for my as I was becoming a more independent person right, right. and um, finding places to go hang out and have fun San Francisco um, we came the epicenter off of Valencia Street okay is a place that was like a, a do-it-yourself um, it was above Close by contact. Oh yeah, the yeah. thrift store. Yeah, yeah, I believe, yeah. if I remember correctly, um, near Valencia Gardens. Mm -hmm. um, so, coming to San Francisco was always a little bit more of a trek. You know, I us we usually stopped at 
Berkeley. Yeah. Telegraph Street. Yeah. You know, things like that. That's where the suburban kids kind of stop, I think. Well, also, that's a lot. There, I mean, mm-hmm. there's plenty over there that's... There's plenty. <laughs> yeah. Um, any other uh, uh-huh. memories of places in San Francisco as a kid? <laughs> Pier 39 all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, definitely, we would come out here to go to the circus. A lot of it was mm. more East Bay, mm-hmm. um, things like that. I remember being taken, or my grandfather um, took me over to Sam's over and off of the Bayview. I just oh, remember yeah. some random trips. My mom had friends who lived over by the ocean mm-hmm. so I always remember that one house that was um, with the red blue white yellow color oh like, a, Madri- like a Mondrian, Mondrian. Mondrian painting yeah, yeah I know and that then, house and then some of the other houses that were just wildly you knew dec- someone who lived there no, or no, you just, no. just remember I just seeing, remember seeing right, those right. My, we would always have the best time going from the curve from Emeryville into the city and watching and seeing all of the art that was built mm-hmm. in that sort of marshy flats. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. So there was like a Snoopy, the Baron Snoopy, there was a King Tut. There were all these like Amazing. public sculptures yeah. that were there. That was always the really fun thing to totally. kind of look for and see what was new. Yeah. So, do you know what brought your parents up north? Like, what you know, why they decided? And and also, yeah. and sorry, two part question. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have siblings? Yes, I have a older sister and a twin sister. Oh, okay. Yeah. Really, um, my mom and my father met here in San Francisco. Um, I feel like they were just trying to find a new house, a new place. My father's um, built our home in Little River. I, they were just a person who was very talented. Um, they, my father died when we were really young, I'm so sorry. we just never, we just stayed there. Yeah. Um, but. There's a strong artist community. Mm-hmm. He was part of the local um, art scene as well as local theater productions. And so they were just in, embedded in that community. And so Love I'm it. sure my mom stayed there for many reasons. But it's not so much of a joke, but at this point, we always say, well, the well does run dry sometimes. And literally, <laughs> literally. the well does. Yeah. It's a very hard to live as a single mom with three kids, three kids under yeah. the age of three. Aye. And so, you know, yeah. when you get two for one with twins, <laughs> your house is really full. My goodness. Um, so, you know, it was just a time. And um, my mom moved to Sacramento to be in more bigger communities, mm-hmm. you know, more opportunities for work, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, things like that. And probably thinking back, like, probably like better chances of daycare and, and or more of a community to help her raise yeah. kids or yeah yeah no for sure all of those things all the things you know it was a 45 minute drive and then it was to from um little river to fort bragg which was sort of the biggest public right. school right so it was a bit more about finding things that were more easier yeah you know in a lot of ways yeah yeah okay so um Anything else you want to talk about from maybe your, your teen or high school ah, years? I'm just glad or? I survived it. <laughs> right, <laughs> I yeah. mean, it wasn't Here that bad, but, you right. know, 
there was, I just, I, I was very determined to, you know, graduate from college, determined to go to, go to college and then graduate. Mm-hmm. Um, I really was independent mm-hmm. early on. I lived in um, the Tahoe, formerly known as Squaw Valley region, right. um, uh, for a summer. So I just kind of was very adventurous mm-hmm. and then knew I wanted to um, move move out and mm-hmm. lived in my great-grandmother's house, you know, after... Oh, in Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, after I graduated from college. That's why you know the address. Yeah, 1709 <laughs> Street. Yes. yes, I definitely know that address. Um, uh, so I got a chance to live in Berkeley after college. Um, knew then I kind of wanted to keep my education going. So then mm. after a few years of just, you know, hanging out, working... Um, I decided to apply to grad school, and so 97-99, I was in Seattle okay. for, um, I have a master's in public health, okay. and then came back here with a lot of debt, and yeah. I started uh, bartending, serving, Okay. Um, got into bartending in, uh, I think, 90... Well, actually, before I left, I got into bartending. Mm-hmm. But so when I came back in '99, I started bartending again more more regularly. Can you name drop bars you uh, bartended? Uh, I mean, it could be Rattle if you yeah. want. I just I think well, I don't think it exists anymore. But a local bar, Kips, was one of my oh, yeah. in Berkeley. Okay, off of Durant, if I miss, if I remember. Okay. Um, first place billiards, mm. Bluesville. Um, then I got recruited <laughs> to work at Warfield Fillmore, mm. Kilowatt. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. And then, were you working at Kilowatt around 2000, 2001? Mm, by any chance? Uh, probably. I think 2002, three. Okay. Uh, maybe three, and then I, if I, and then 2000 and sort of eight, seven, eight was when I opened Mini Bar. So I was kind of dabbling Fillmore Warfield. So it was four of us opening mini bar. Then Summer and I opened this in 2011. Okay. 10. Is mini bar an okay subject just to quickly oh, yeah, talk of about? Course. I because mean, I yeah. live over there. Yeah, it's it's, a, you know, I think sometime I had been there before, but sometime during the pandemic is when my wife and I discovered it's like a 10 minute walk for oh, us. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I absolutely love the place. Cool. And we were there, my wife and I were there just a couple months ago. I've always loved the shows that they have mm-hmm. up. And I was like, oh, Michelle and I are talking about doing a show. We should do it here. That's so much fun. Um, it is so much. I love that place and the people. Yeah. And it's a, uh, there's a, I don't know who coined it, but like, there's you know a ratio of regulars to sort of just random people who discover you. It's like 80% regulars and 20% um, new faces. But um, I truly love working at Minibar. But I also really appreciate the friendships that I've made there. That's um, great. It is a bar that really embraces the idea of being a part of the community and being sort of a, a, a point for people to connect to. 100%. Um, and there are many 
bars um, that kind of also have that sort of personality in that neighborhood. 100%. It's a great neighborhood. Yeah. It is just so, has so many options mm-hmm. and so many different people mm-hmm. and so much history and a real balanced challenge of trying to like keep the honor and traditions of the neighborhood front and center as well as respecting um, a lot of what the changes you know that were done just a neighborhood away you know with Fillmore and everything mm-hmm. so it's just a beautiful place can I, really I tell you it. on that topic uh-huh. sort of when we fell in love uh-huh. with many bars so this would be the summer of 2021 okay. so probably in June sometime okay um, and they were they were reopened and I can't remember where we were I think we might have been in the parklet because you know we were, yeah. we're, we're. Um, anyway that was when when and I'm forgetting the gentleman's name yeah um, but an older gentleman let us know that we could come back on July 4th for the free barbecue. <laughs> and he said it was his barbecue. Yes, it was James. I'll just tell, it was James. It's James's it's barbecue. Yeah. So, um, and that I'll was ju- for I'll his tell, birthday. Just tell a little story uh, <laughs> that's not about Mission Bowling Club, but real fast. It's related. Is Absolutely. that we did go back for the July 4th barbecue. Oh. Um, and, you know, someone said, oh, yeah, go on in. The, the food's in the back. Help yourself. Mm-hmm. And I went back there and I met two women Mm -hmm. who let me know that James had really almost nothing to do with the barbecue, that they made it. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, I see what's going on here. Oh, was that Shay? Shay! Oh my god, yes! One of them was Shay. And she's the person who told me that it used to be a black video store. Oh. Way, way back in the day. Okay, because when we um, signed the lease, it was like an Eastern European like market for special foods. Okay, that must have been the in-between. And then also a... A photo studio of like dubious, oh, like <laughs> ill repute. Yeah, something like they're like we don't know what kind of pictures they were taking, but I'm like, okay. right, right. Well, okay. So obviously, again, this is not a, a podcast about mini bar, yeah. but you did say you helped open it. Can yeah. you tell that story of like you you were bartending? Uh-huh. And when I asked you to rattle mm-hmm. off names, I was like, in addition to killer, I was like hoping to to hear some. Yeah. Places that like maybe I was like maybe yeah. maybe you were my bartender yeah it's definitely possible but we uh, <laughs> won't get tied up in that but uh, so you jumped from mm-hmm. bartending to Bar I'm gonna owner. open a place yeah yeah what it was, was that a like great opportunity just when so listen up kids when opportunities present itself just say yes oh now it's you know I'm kind of living my life that way yeah. lately. I think it's a it's it, time and place. It's always time and place. Sure. And I made decisions. You know, I was hoping I could buy a house or something, mm. and instead, and I didn't have enough money. But you know, you get to a certain point where you're like, okay, if I keep doing this, maybe in four more years I might have enough money. But it's a sizable chunk to start. For me, it was like hoping the next time there's a recession that I will actually have money. <laughs> that didn't work. Right. Right. <laughs> Timing. Third, third time and it didn't work out. Timing is everything. Yeah. Um, so I was able to, you know, parlay my experience bartending because at this point it was well over 10 years um, to my friends who had had a dream of owning their own place. And so I, you know, come across as a trustworthy individual mm-hmm. and uh, hardworking. And I think I was, they recognized that I could figure this out with them because we were all kind of new 
and that was sort of the start of the conversation and then we all pooled our resources um some of some folks even you know put all their time into it which is great mm-hmm. i was still i had a nonprofit job mm-hmm. working at uh, ucsf for a while on parnassus and then getting another job actually in oakland um so my commute kind of all changed in the mm. course of doing the legwork and you know really summer and john you know we're definitely like a lot of the inspiration summer was had a huge design background mm. and really was a visionary of like sort of what comfort and like creating an environment that felt um like you know, something that someone can't get just sitting in their own home. Yeah. So you got to create something that makes people feel comfortable, that the lighting is nice and the mood is set and little details are thought of to make people feel like, you know, we thought of those details. Not, uh, a, not an accident. Not, yeah. Yeah. So a uh, mini bar came around, signed a lease in 2007. It took quite a while. There was, you know, a lot of different um, community involvement, community input. Uh, we definitely had to make sure that we uh, did right mm-hmm. by the folks in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a lot of, you know, historically San Francisco has had a lot of bars and restaurants. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really actually trunks. Right. Yeah, but it's a drinking town. In the history of it, it was... Bourdain called it a two-fisted drinking town. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... It is. um, And I was going to say, okay, so maybe you're just... It's just a uh, turn of speech or whatever, but, like, y'all did not have to do community input. Yes, we do. Technically. And that's, I feel like, that's the problem, is that a lot of things, a lot of groups, a lot of people don't do that true and we you know amazing that you did it was really great we had art shows to show people you know like this is what we're this is what we mean when we say uh mini bar cocktails and And art art. you know this is the what we want to create in terms of the environment um you know having public input creates an opportunity for you to meet the people you hope to serve and so no 100%. matter what, we really wanted to do that. Also, um, Summer and John actually just lived up the hill, mm. like just kind of not even probably like 10 minutes away Where like I yourself. Live. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they were part of that community. Yes, a, they walked sense. the streets. They knew, they knew right. to visit them. had breakfast at Eddie's far uh, too many times uh, to even count, yes. even before, you know, uh, Summer lived right off of Alamo Square, off of mm. Scott Street. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really did know that neighborhood in terms of just walking up and down. Had my birthday there at Wazima and uh, go yes. go there quite a bit. And, yeah. you know, when we opened, I think Nopa was barely open. Mm-hmm. Bar Crudo opened the same year as mm-hmm. us. Um, Mojo Cafe, mm-hmm. which is now the Fool's Aaron place. Right. But Remy, um, as a, just a fixture in the community, was really helpful to sort of let us know who our neighbors are. Um, Chicago's, the mm-hmm. um, barbershop, I think they moved at the time when we were coming into the neighborhood, so they moved into their bigger place. Okay. Um, there was a hair braiding shop. Um, Novak was our neighbor, and they were really, really helpful. So there was just a lot 
around us. I think Little Star Pizza had maybe opened one to two years before us. That sounds about right. Yeah, and so there was change happening in the neighborhood. Harding Theater was still a touch point of controversy, mm-hmm. um, and you you didn't know which way people were going to go. So right. knowing all the challenges that like Harding was having, and we we knew about that. Of course, we knew that not everyone was going to like us. Mm-hmm. So we did what we could to meet our neighbors and be be there. And it still happened. We still had protests, and we just had to work through it. And that's what we did. There's a little bit of that that's like. San Francisco can't have it. Just it has to be all the different ways. It's good. There's always yeah 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 yeah. It's, it's part always of the gonna process. it's always gonna be something. But I was gonna say that um, all that sort of work y'all did up front mm-hmm. show it shows mm-hmm. not only in the place but also the longevity. I mean, it's six, 16 yeah. or 15, 16 years or so, and it's still. Uh, 2008 was our first year. So 15 years. Yeah. That's um, another note, kids open in a recession (laughs) so we opened in the recession right it was really scary too yeah but also um, we got a great lease Mm -hmm. you know we were able to take a place that there we had to transfer liquor licenses and we this was not a bar right we created a bar there right so we obviously had to go through police local, the ABC, everything. We had to do everything because of the newness factor. That's not the right word, but because it was a brand new establishment. Rezoning or whatever. Not all of that. Whatever that. All of it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really a great learning process. And that really did help us know how to do, do and I can't say do it the right way because I think every place is different. You never know what you're going to just witness Right. You know, every community is different, right, but right. we were able to have some of the requests were not. Oh, okay, yeah, we know what that is. You know how to I do know how to do it. Tasks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We were able to. I think really the, the thing that was different was the scope and scale. Mm. Obviously, mini, yeah. mega. <laughs> right, you know, it's right. like eight hundred square feet. Literally. This is ten thousand square feet. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I have it in my mind as way bigger, but. Um, just quickly before we move from many to here, mm-hmm. you mentioned a fear. Uh-huh. W- were there other fears of? I mean, being a first time, mm. and, and you had a you had a group that you're yeah. with, right? Yeah. But like, I would imagine there's some fears. Oh, absolutely. I, Challenges, but also like, oh shit, well, what yeah, do I do if this doesn't work? I just put my so-called house fund on the line right. to buy myself into this, and I didn't know what it was going to bring. Hmm. It was a recession. Yeah. Um, and in some ways, yeah, it's just that. Oh, also, you know, the fear of you know going to business. I've never been into business before. You know. Did you feel like you had a business mind at the time? I think the only thing I thought to myself is, because I, I, I do take slight offense when people don't understand how it can kind of be a backhanded insult. Is it's like, oh, I can do that if you did it. Like, oh, yeah. like <laughs> right. Oh, you did it. It must oh, be easy. It must be easy. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. sure, go ahead. Yeah, knock yourself out. You know, have fun. Call me yeah. when you need. Yeah, yep. I'll be here. But I never, I didn't know what to think. I had great resources. Mm-hmm. All the 
people who I've worked for offered me advice. Oh, that's awesome. Um, they Meaning gave, other bar owners? Oh, other bar owners. That's great. They that's gave great. me spreadsheets. They oh, showed me how to calculate things. Yeah. It is a business of ounces. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand inventory, um, you know, and hospitality mm-hmm. and service. And I actually probably had to learn that on the fly. I do enjoy it enjoying people right so i it felt natural yeah so i don't feel like it's a it is something there's technique i loved sitting at um al limbeck um Mm. daniel hyatt's bar Mm -hmm. when um they opened and he taught me about craft you know like not craft cocktails per se but how to craft an experience Mm. and what that means which is like attention uh, a, a good story, a quip, you know, mm-hmm. a bit of knowledge, uh, listening. Mm-hmm. Oh, the biggest. Those right? are the things. <laughs> like, the biggest. When you know, when the bartender's talking more than you, yeah. than the guest, I don't know. Yeah. I like to hear people's stories. Yeah. I enjoy. Well, there is. Correct me if I'm wrong. There is a difference between a between bartending at a bar mm-hmm. or bartending at the bar at the. <laughs> If sports game mm-hmm. concert like mm-hmm. bars at versus oh, sh- versus like a neighborhood bar yeah I, totally different experience sometimes I would always say it's like I'm not the show at the Fillmore mm-hmm. but when I'm at mini bar I have to be cognizant that I could be the show part of the show yeah I could be part of the show yeah. and so like it's it, it's mind blowing and I don't see this very often but if some if a bartender is on their phone you're like. <laughs> like no, I don't even understand physically how that's. Possible. I don't see that happening very much. No. I don't think it's a real big thing, but no. I do think that you know we have we're part of the show, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so they're looking for either information, a quip, a fun, you know, like they're just and you read the room. Everyone's different. Yeah. If someone wants to be on their phone, that's fine. Yeah. But it's cheaper to drink at home. That was Molly Bradshaw, owner of Mission Bowling Club. In the next episode, we'll hear all about Molly and her friend Summer's leap from minibar to opening the mission's coolest little bowling alley. Part two drops next Tuesday. Music for Storied San Francisco was produced, performed, and curated by Otis McDonald. Michelle Kilfeather does original photography for us. Aaron Lim of Bitch Talk Podcast is our contributing producer. And the show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hunt. Now in our fifth season, we have more than 200 episodes available on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're able to, please rate and review the show. And drop us a line at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay strong, weird, and healthy. And we'll see you next time on Storied San Francisco. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcasts.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.